It's me, Young Law, your favourite lawyer's favourite lawyer. Welcome to episode 35 of Crypto Weekly. The Crypto News giveth and the Crypto News taketh away. This week it hath most certainly given, friends. Can a week of cryptocurrency news get any better? This week in the news. Rubini decides to destroy whatever reputation he had by taking pot shots at random crypto people and gives a testimony to a Senate hearing. Tether gets in a spot of bother and apparently $1 is only worth 90 cents now. Tone Vase shorts the bottom and still has shit hair. Fidelity <laughs> confirms institutional money with the opening of a crypto unit to serve Wall Street customers. And that gives us a prime episode of Crypto Weekly. If you enjoy the show, head on over to patreon.com slash crypto weekly. Maybe throw us a few shekels and in return get some sweet, sweet benefits. But on with the show. I'm joined with a panel with a very special guest. I'll introduce him first. It's Young Law. Hello, me. Crypto's favourite lawyer. That's true, confirmed. The lawyer that will batter your lawyer <laughs> should you choose to get us in any hot legal trouble. I take anyone on. <laughs> anyone. <laughs> As clients? Or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> any case. If you any can case. pay, I'll take you on. <laughs> You've heard P Money already. He's on the sound. He's making a sound absolutely gorgeous, as always. Howdy. How, have you had a great day? I've had a pretty good day. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad picking up the slack that Boobs leaves behind while he plays Dope Raider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, good. You've already segued in. It's Bitcoin Buble. He's here in his corner. Uh, I'll just take a break from uh, Dope Raider and uh, join you guys <laughs> nice. on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> also relaxed in ultimate comfort with his so- shoes off. Yeah, these are new socks, Big. Are they from the Ambassador Pack? They're not from the Ambassador Pack, unfortunately. Not the best pair I've ever seen on your Buble, but... They're a bit understated. A decent, decent pair nonetheless. Fresh. Can't argue with that. There's that voice heralding the crypto beak. Bonjour. How are you doing? Not too bad, Ken. Good, I mean. I'm, I don't think I've ever heard you say such positive things. Yeah, it wasn't easy. I'm taken aback, to be honest. What's made your day so good? I just thought I'd try and switch you up from the usual despair. Oh, that's, that's really lovely. Mr. Prince. Hello. The only one of us not been in the wage cage today. Yes. How does freedom feel, friend? I can barely describe, Ken. <laughs> Words can't measure up the to elation. the... Yeah, to the neat lifestyle. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. I'm your host, Crypto Ken. We better go on with the news. Let's do it. The name that has been on everybody's lips this week... He's been all over crypto Twitter with baseless comments talking about people's lack of experience. It's Nuriel Rubini. (laughs) (laughs) Wrecked. Before we get into our usual unbiased chat, I do want to just have a little... Unbiased. Uh, Yes, unbiased (laughs) chat. We're an unbiased news organisation. Neutral. Fair and balanced. We aren't really his biggest fan after what's happened this week and Mr Prince what has happened this week he just uh, so he went in front of uh, some kind of senate it's all kind of kicked off with the senate hearing yeah yeah well I'll say that I mean this we've we've responded to this guy's FUD on a number of occasions specifically you have yeah yeah yeah. I've had beef with this guy for a long long time Um, as always crypto weekly front running the rest of the cryptocurrency world 100% so I should know who this guy is He's a proper weenie. If you, you've honestly, you're not missing anything by not knowing who this guy is. He's a, he's just I don't know. Especially at least most of all in crypto, he knows obviously barely anything about it. What's so his total spoon? His, his, his claim is he predicted the 2008 crash. That's his big. Uh, which is he predicts which crashes in everything, and one time it did crash. His speciality is crashes. Did he predict the Sky Kings crash? <laughs> now that would have been impressive. <laughs> Only only 4chan predicted that, I'm afraid. But uh, Hold tight the Sky King. Hold Prince, tight 4chan. Prince, what was this hearing about? What uh, was the purpose of the hearing? Oh, God, he wanted to FUD crypto to the, <laughs> I don't know, some Senate committee. Same thing all the hearings the Senate committee have on crypto are about. 
But it was, it was what? It was sometime in October 2018. And he hasn't seemingly learned anything since he was fudding Bitcoin when it was priced like $58. Some sweet retweets going around Twitter of him saying that um, Bitcoin's vaporware or whatever. <laughs> and that it'll, it'll crash from $58 any day now. <laughs> so yeah, he's already wrecked. Yeah, but Buble, to give you a full... Um, background on Mr. Rabini here. I read from his Wikipedia page. The child of Iranian Jews, he was born in Turkey and grew up in Italy. After receiving receiving a BA in political economics at some university in Milan and a doctorate in international economics at Harvard University, he became an academic at Yale and a visiting researcher slash advisor at the International Monetary Fund, the Federal Reserve, the World Bank, and the Bank of Israel. I've heard of those places. Yes. Does he think uh, the central banks are good? <laughs> oh, yeah, funnily that's, enough, mate. That's He's, uh, me, mate. That's yeah. the shit out of me. And, and to give you um, a brief, very brief rundown on his uh, career here, it says, For much of the 1990s, Rubini combined academic research with policymaking by teaching at Yale while also being employed at the International Monetary Fund... The Federal Reserve, World Bank, and Bank of Israel. Who's just moonlighting? Yeah, as a policymaker for all these giant financial institutions. I mean, that's all completely coincidental to the fact that he's now taken a completely objective look at crypto and decided that he's not happy with it. You know, those two things, those the fact that he makes international monetary policy and the fact that he doesn't like cryptocurrency, completely unrelated. Separate, okay. separate those in your mind, Boobler. Yeah. Don't let Got those it. two Got connect. It. Turn there. off the coincidence detector. <laughs> so what's his beef this week? Oh, mate, where to start? Or, or why um, is it kicked off? So we, so he went. He's an absolute divvy. So he went in. He went in front of the Senate committee, and he um, claimed on Twitter to have uh, given like a his precious muth thirty page testimony to this committee. First of all. Um, it was only 30, first of all, 30 pages in a Senate committee testimony is nothing anyway. I mean, that's hardly anything, 30 pages, whatever. Second of all, it's only 30 pages when you, um, it's only a 30 page document when you use a font size of like 16 and take up the <laughs> bottom like third of the page with notes. I have it replicated here before me in the traditional Times New Roman font size 8 with none of that other bullshit going on, and it's eight sides. No kind of gaudy Helveticas over here. You exactly. Think, you Ken. think the prince is going to use anything but Times New Roman? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ariel at the weekend. <laughs> That's it. But yeah, he's been, he's been... So he's gone onto Twitter straight after and bid like, no one's even refuted my 30-page testimony to the Senate committee. It's like... It's well, I've got a little something for you here, Prince, when you're ready. I'm... Um, He's looking for so it. ready. <laughs> Go for it, mate. Well, I'm just going to pick out some key quotes. As discussed in detail, blockchain is the most overhyped and least useful technology in human history. <laughs> was one of the things he said in front of the Senate. He's got the least useful technology in human history. Yeah. Seems mm. seems a bit much without sight. You know, I've seen a, there's a cat cat feeder that is uh, an IoT connected yeah. thing and somebody's cat died because it couldn't get an update from the server. <laughs> uh, that, to me, is probably more useless. Okay, so we've already we've got one. Yeah. How, how many cats have blockchains killed? There we go. None so far. There you go. So, so we have this uh, well, I'm gonna cat feeder <laughs> that can't get a firmware update and falls back to not opening because it's not updated. <laughs> falls back to not opening. Yeah. But that's because the server was centralised. Great point. If Ooh. it was decentralised, that cat would be alive today. Well, that leads me on to my next quote from uh, Rubini. <laughs> In practice, it is nothing better than a glorified spreadsheet or database that follows on from the previous sentiment, uh, sentence. Seems a bit much to talk about spreadsheets and databases among the least useful technologies in human history. Firstly, a bit rough on databases, I would think. Secondly, it offers nothing better. Well, it does offer something different. It offers decentralization, which would have saved that poor little cat's life. 
I'm also going to call it as a linked list rather than a spreadsheet. But well, good on let's you. Let's not go too crazy. <laughs> uh, some other some other interesting things he said. He said that proof of stake would result in bigger cons- bigger concentrated weird language oligopolistic cartels. Now, how proof of stake could actually do this is pretty baffling, being that the bar- barrier to entry is smaller. And to become a huge cartel would be much pricier. You'd be buying the actual currency, which would force the price up, as opposed to in proof of work when you can buy hashing power without changing the price of the token. It's coming from an economist, economist, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That seems a very surprising mistake for him to make. Uh, He says that crypto is a bunch of self-serving, greedy white men very few women or minorities are allowed in the blockchain <laughs> space. Now, I'm not exactly sure who is uh, stopping people entering a decentralized open source community, but, um, you know, go as you are, Rabini, have pretended to create billions. So apparently, these white men in crypto have pretended to create billions. Don't let any women in. The only people who actually can create billions are central banks who your boy works for. And I actually did take the liberty of checking out the diversity in the Federal Reserve. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Not sure we can go here, mate. The three most powerful people are white men. So I'm not sure how Rubini's going there. Then he says smart contracts are neither smart nor contracts. A recent study has shown smart contracts and Ethereum are worse than even non-financial commercial code as of May 2016. Ethereum contracts averaged 100 obvious bugs, so obvious a machine can spot them, per 1,000 lines of code. For comparison, Microsoft averages 15 bugs per 1,000 lines, and NASA averages around zero per half a million lines of code. So when he says 100 bugs per 1,000 lines of code that can be found by machine, I assume he's talking about some kind of linting error? I've got no idea. How he's, know, he's an economist. So how he's, he's defining yeah. yeah. how he's defining <laughs> bugs, and also how he's comparing like production-ready enterprise software with just an open-source community. Yeah, for number of bu- number of bugs that a machine could spot. I don't even know what he's talking about, and he clearly doesn't. He also laughs about the comparison with the early days of the internet. It's nonsense, as even the early internet in the early 1990s saw a rapid boom of applications and explosion of user adoption. The WWW went live in 1991, and by 2009 years later, you already had 738 million users. Idiot. The early days of the internet were not 1991. They were in the 80s before it found the they killer were, app, as it were. They were in, like, the 50s or something, weren't they? Yeah, but, I mean, well, people were actually using it in the 80s. Okay. And no one is calling cryptocurrency or Bitcoin the internet. He's like, Bitcoin's been around for 10 years, and what has anyone developed on it? You idiot. <laughs> you absolute divvy bastard. These are just some random quotes I picked out. Almost everything he said could not could not be backed up by any evidence, and he's having random guests at it. I have a point on that, Let and more of a question, that I want to, I think, direct towards the legal brain in the room. This is now the second Senate hearing in recent weeks. Mm-hmm where I've heard a whole lot of accusations and not a great deal of evidence. (laughs) I think that's because... Is evidence just not necessary at any of these things? Can we sue Rabini? Uh, No. No. (laughs) The the evidence no one cares about. Senate hearings... They just want media headlines. ...are just a chance to talk. Mm. These committee hearings are a chance to talk. And make baseless accusations. Exactly. And just pointless. That- you can say what you want. I, I don't see... It must be a bit like... I don't know the American legal system very well. It must be a little bit like parliamentary privilege here. You can say what you want without any repercussions. Let me let me tell you about something else he said that comes under say what you want. <laughs> can, can we treat the whole podcast like that? Ken, I think you're a knobhead. We do. <laughs> hey, hang on a minute. <laughs> Second it. Yeah, yeah. I'm only joking, Ken. I'm only joking. Sorry. Listen now to this quote. Even such security solutions are not safe. Talking of ledgers or whatever. Criminals 
who know that access to your private key is access to your entire crypto wealth are now specialising in gunpoint robberies of crypto investors and whales, also known as, quote-unquote, crypto robberies. (laughs) (laughs) He's saying crypto is bad because someone with a gun can steal it from you. you. Shit the bed. How will the law ever recover, (laughs) young law? How will they ever catch up? That's it, we're living in anarchy. It's Mad Max. This is my favourite highlight of the document actually calling this useless vaporware garbage a quote shit coin <laughs> and then he puts in a little reference apologizing for the use of the word shit coin is a grave insult to manure which is actually a most useful precious and productive good as a fertilizer in agriculture he <laughs> <laughs> really is an absolute dickhead isn't he this yeah. fella countdown to manure on the blockchain oh, yeah <laughs> Yeah. It's the kind of the secondary token to beef coin, surely. <laughs> you got a steak manure coin to get beef. Prince is not done with this guy. No, it, yeah, you can carry on, but I just want to make a point. This just sounds like there's a whole lot of nothing going on. Yeah. He said nothing. And everyone's just lapping it up. Not only that, Ken, but he says loads of self contradictory stuff as well for instance um he describes both the federal reserve and tether at different points in this document by saying and he's got some real woo lad moments in here (laughs) i quote fiat money is not created out of thin air these liabilities of a central bank such as the fed are backed by the feds quote-unquote assets their holdings of short and longer term treasury securities and holdings of foreign reserves, including gold, why is that foreign, and other stable foreign currencies. So to break that down, he's saying that fiat is backed by treasury securities, which are a promise from the government to pay you back dollars, which are fiat. So we've got <laughs> fiat currency backed by a promise to pay you back money that they've just made out of thin air. Holding, yeah, gold, basically like useless yellow metal, and other stable foreign currencies, so other fiat. And he has the gall to refer to crypto as vaporware. Even the so-called, oh sorry, this is a late paragraph, even the so-called, describing Tether, even the so-called stable coins have only partial backing at best with true US dollar reserves partial backing you say yeah interesting yeah or like tether most likely no backing at all as there has never been a paper order of their accounts meaning tether so i mean first first of all thank god no else here to tell us that tether looks a bit dodgy because none of us had that realization like months before he probably even knew what it was but more than that it's interesting that he considers um an institution that issues currency backed by assets has to be audited a bit like, so by extension, when are they going to audit the Federal Reserve? Hold tight, Ron Paul. <laughs> Presumably never. It never has been audited. Uh, it's never been audited? No, no. Federal Reserve well, What hasn't. do you audit it against? What so do you, What do you say? So he's suggesting that all the do- US dollars that are out there are, are liabilities on the Fed's, on the Fed's <laughs> balance sheet. How the fuck do you count that? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Ludicrous. I thought they were loans. Yeah, so, it's a, so that's why it's their liability. They have to honor that if you take a... The theory is if you take a dollar bill back to the Fed, they have to, like, um, make good on that on that obligation. So they someone have. somewhere has a really big spreadsheet that has a list of all the dollars that everybody has. <laughs> Dor- well, Doris in, in, in the Federal in, Reserve. If you were to seriously audit it, that is what you are expecting. Well, yeah, I mean, this... So, well, it, the people that want to audit the Fed, like like the main man, Ron Paul expect that obviously this is a total shell game and there's nothing it would be absolutely ludicrous for them to put every single dollar bill somewhere in a spreadsheet within the federal reserve so what they're actually doing is just printing fiat um as as they please which is what we all suspect and what we all know they're really doing regardless of how many treasuries or whatever they have on the books or other foreign currencies so but the fed they lend out the money right is that correct uh yeah just yeah so they charge interest on it yeah yes which is what the deficit is so how how do you pay the interest if that's all the money in the world if they've lent out all the money in the world where does the how does the interest get paid what do you pay that in it's a great question mate i I know i know 
we try not to swear as much on the show, but how are we not completely fucked? We're fucked, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not, actually. We're not that fucked because he's right. One, one of the few things he says in here that's correct is that money is a public good. It's basically something that we all agree on to use because it has a benefit for all of us. Not value, not like objective value. It's a tool we use that benefits all of us when we collectively accept the rules by which it's governed, those kind of things. But the the thing is, he do, he wants he wants him and his buddies at the Fed and the IMF to be the only people who control um who who are the, the only people who can issue money the only people who can control its supply whereas crypto comes along and it's it's a, it's potentially a substitute for the dollar to some degree that the people actually control yeah yeah well exactly or, to that's, some degree. but that's the thing it's like this tiny little inconsequential um like chink in the armor of the mass of the federal reserve and and he loses his shit on twitter over it you see him going, going absolutely mental. mental on Twitter. Yeah, it's very, very strange. It's really weird, like personally attacking just some crypto people. Yeah, yeah. called Crypto Backwards. Crypto yeah. clowns yeah. in clown <laughs> crypto world. It was no wonder, mental. A world-renowned economist who, who uh, advises some of the biggest institutions in the world is going after Mr. Backwards BTC on yeah. Twitter. Yeah, yeah also, um, I had one final thing on this is that he, he repeats in this document, FUD, that we dispelled on this show months ago. But he's literally, has not learned anything Are you from that me point. he doesn't listen to Crypto Weekly? Obviously not, mate. And I don't want him to either. Um, so yeah, he said, again, I quote, according to its promoters, Bitcoin has a steady state supply of 21 million units. So it cannot be debased like fiat currencies. But that claim is clearly fraudulent, considering that it has already forked off into several branches and spin-offs. So he suggests... I mean, this is the... Now we're getting into how much he actually knows about crypto, and that's obviously Slim very, very little, because he suggests... So he's used the uh, he's used the D word here, debasement. I'm going to read from Investopedia's article on debasement briefly. Debate... <laughs> this <be> a <laughs> yeah. Debate, just to let everyone know what it is. So debasement has been common throughout history. In ancient times, governments would debase their currency by adding a lower value metal to the gold or silver content of the coins. By mixing the precious metals with a lower quality metal, they were able to create additional coins of the same denomination, essentially expanding the money supply. So we're talking expansion of the money supply by fiat. So it's cutting your coke with talcum powder. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> to put it in terms our audience can understand. <laughs> so he thinks that uh, chain fork is the equivalent of doing this. What he doesn't realize is that for every Bitcoin that you hold before the fork, you're going to hold after the fork plus one, for instance, Bitcoin cash after the fork takes place. So if we imagine a universe where the entire money supply is, say, five Bitcoins, of which you own one, Buble, uh, there's going to be a fork into Bitcoin Cash, and there's going to be after the fork. There's going to be the original five Bitcoins and five Bitcoin Cash coins. As the owner of one Bitcoin, after the fork takes place, you are given one Bitcoin Cash as well. So what happens? So we've start initially we had a position where there were five Bitcoins that were all the money in the world, and you owned twenty percent of them. After the fork, we have a situation where there are ten coins, and you own two of them. Which is guess what? 20% of them. So there has been no debasement here. The size, it, in percentage terms, although you could argue, I guess, that the money supply has expanded because now there are 10 coins as opposed to five, any individual who holds assets on the chain pre-fork is going to hold the same percentage of the money supply after the fork. So there has been no debasement. This is from a guy who's a famous Keynesian economist. And what Keynesians like to do is make money out of thin air and like drop it out of helicopters onto people to solve economic problems. That's literally their whole thing. It's total garbage. And he loves it. Again, I quote from Investopedia. Today, most currencies are fiat currencies and are not based on a precious metal. So debasement only requires that the government print more money or since much money exists only in digital accounts, create more electronically. They literally just press zero until the amount of dollars that they prefer 
exists and then they press enter and then they're like whoa no, no, yeah, no wonder I'm a professor at Yale. And he has the goal to suggest that it's crypto, the, the, the cryptographically secured money supply is debased by a chain fork. He's an idiot when it comes to this particular topic. I think he might be an idiot in all topics. It sounds like a more. He talks yeah. like a moron. I've very much enjoyed this rundown on Nuriel. <laughs> Never have I ever seen the prince so far. Although I do think we've talked about this for too long because we've managed to finish the bottle of wine before we finish the first topic of the news. <laughs> <laughs> Time to move on. There's been a spot of bother within Tether recently. Things have come to a head. Some fud from the chans has made it through to the rest of the crypto community. Is Bitfinex in trouble? Can they back all the Tethers out there? All I know is that Tether dropped below a dollar, and that's not good. As low as 93 cents? Apparently 87. 87 we cents. Yeah. That's a pretty big dip. Yeah, I mean, it's a complete disaster. Yeah. So the reason wasn't necessarily the ongoing uh, argument over whether they can actually back all the Tether they've got. It's because their banking uh, relationships were going down the pan can. So they lost one banking relationship, i.e. someone would take their money. They apparently got HSBC to fire them up an account, but that only lasted three days. And then they had to halt deposits, because apparently they had nowhere for you to deposit your money. Allegedly, there were no withdrawals available either, which really caused the panic. Because uh, people mm. thought they couldn't, like, they thought that was it, basically, the end of Bitfinex. Bitfinex put a statement out saying that withdrawals were always available. They only disabled deposits. Uh, but a lot of people were saying that that wasn't true. So we don't, we don't really know. Officially, Bitfinex said withdrawals were never disabled. Who knows? Some people argued with that. But yeah, it led to Tether dropping a lot and Bitcoin and all of crypto rising a lot because people were trying to get out of Tether as quickly as possible because they thought that was the end of Bitfinex and Tether. And Big Tone Vase almost got blown out. Yeah, Big Tone Vase. He's been talking about shorting Bitcoin the whole year. He's always just about to, any minute. Oh, I knew, I knew that was going to happen. I would have shorted it, but I had some it on. My cat was really <laughs> ill or whatever. My so cat he, bloody died. He finally from, ended. From a feeder, yeah. He finally <laughs> He finally entered his first trade of the year. Posted about it on Twitter. He was so confident. Shorted almost immediately. Got almost liquidated. He's actually still in the trade. He's losing a little. But within a matter of hours after giving this whole fanfare, it was almost instant liquidation because everyone moved out of Tether and into Bitcoin. But I think the most interesting thing... Aside from other, so some other stable coins, the Gemini dollar, true USD, some other stable coins increased in price. And at the time of recording, they're actually trading at over a dollar. So that's, nice. that's pretty sweet if you're holding one of those. And if you think Tether will fail, maybe holding some of these other stable coins might be the way to go because they're all relatively low market caps. So if even a small percentage of Tether goes into the Gemini dollar or true USD, it's going to pump pretty hard. But it begs the question as to whether Tether failing will actually crash crypto. Because we all thought that if Tether looked like it was going to fail, all crypto would fall through the floor. What we actually saw was a massive pump. Admittedly, probably helped by a bit of a short squeeze because loads of mongs were following Tony Vase. And <laughs> all, everyone's like, it's going down because it's been going down, etc. But there's like $2 billion tied up in Tether. If all that money goes into crypto rather than in some stablecoin... Potentially, there will certainly be some pump if, even if they then withdraw into fiat afterwards. So Tether crashing cannot, if people know in any kind of advanced time, they're going to immediately get out of Tether and the only thing they can get into is crypto. So I'm actually not sure whether a Tether crash will immediately crash crypto. It seems like this is the closest we've got to Tether crashing. It's the lowest Tether's been ever. And it pumped crypto. Yeah. There's rumours circling around Twitter, Mr. Prince, that you have a big-brained plan, or had a big-brained plan, that was ruined, in which you would short Tether. 
Yeah, so something I I think we discussed on the show like a long time ago now, but it was one of the ideas, one of the positions I was thinking of taking in crypto was to was to go short tether. The thinking being that anytime, uh, well, it was when the rumors abounded that um, tether couldn't back every single tether they've issued with U.S. dollars on deposit, meaning that if there was ever uh, a huge demand for people to cash in their tether, they wouldn't be able to meet those uh, to make good on all all those requests. And then in that case, you would see the price of tether fall. Ah, uh, yes, I do remember this actually because this was the original Crypto Weekly Fractional Reserve Banking FUD. Yes, exactly. Um, oh, not only that, but I thought it was a great idea because anytime your short position would go in the red, meaning that the price of Tether would be above a dollar, Tether are obliged to move you back to break even. Like they have to keep their coin priced at a dollar. So I thought it was a pretty sweet trade, but it was like looking into the actual execution of it was really difficult and spreads are wide and all that kind of stuff so i never never did it in the end but i was just pissed off on twitter when i saw some guy one of these like he's some like boomer trade there who <laughs> trades like forex and he was like do you know what you do you know what you young kids should do short tether i was like oh thanks a lot mate <laughs> just let the cat out of the bag there i don't i don't even think he trades crypto and he was just out there blowing up my spot it was to a be nightmare. fair you have been talking about it for years it's all, you're a bit like tony vase on this one big time <laughs> <laughs> All right, you have had a full year <laughs> since you come up with this plan. Yeah, just but I just—it's not that I was waiting for the time. I just didn't like the pairs that I could execute yeah. on. So I'm done with Tetherfud. I do not wish to speak of it any longer. <laughs> Until like three weeks time, when the next round of it comes up. Precisely. <laughs> but I want to move back into the favoured domain of the Geordie Prince by talking about a little bit of institutional money. There's been reports that Fidelity have confirmed that they've opened a crypto unit to serve Wall Street customers. Yes, Ken. So I think we touched on this. Was it just last week? It could be. Or we maybe... spoke about it at length about six weeks ago. Yes. Yeah, so uh, to quickly revisit, yeah, I mean, this is now now confirmed that Fidelity, huge player in the game, are going to actually... So uh, they're sold. They're going to do it. Before we get in, what is Fidelity? To who you may not know. They, as we discussed the other week, they're a giant asset manager um, they are, and provide custodian services to a whole range of different financial institutions. Apparently, I read in the article, they, uh, they deal with like 13,000 different financial institutions. They are a legit behemoth. And they're aiming this particular venture at um, funds, family offices, those kind of, those kind of places. So it's... Um, it's institutional in nature. This isn't for like retail investors at the start anyway. So it's the sort of institutional money meme at least has a platform now. That's not to yeah. say that they're going to invest, but they could. Are they planning on opening up to retail investors at some point? I don't think they've. I don't think they've said yet. I didn't. You're I can't very interested in the answer to this. Mm. <laughs> but this is a different company entirely, isn't it? This isn't part of Fidelity. This is. A separate entity to Fidelity, Fidelity. Digital Asset Services. This is big, though, right? These guys are, are big, big players in the US, aren't they? Because mm. we don't know Fidelity that well here, obviously. But they've got seven point two trillion in client assets. Wow. Yeah, they've got a few quid. The thing that got me excited about this was the uh, the interview with this old old dude who was it, it was reasonably uh, suited and booted in the way that Prince might be, uh, but. The guy asked him if they'd uh, got into mining at any point, and the guy said, "Yeah, oh well, we've done done a bit of mining since since 2015. <laughs> so, yeah, so you've been mining sweet. for three years. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh shit, the bed. Cup, couple hundred bitcoins. We dabbled. Yeah. Oh, just a couple of hundreds. <laughs> yeah. He looked shady as fuck when he said that. <laughs> that but was. They have. He probably been... hasn't told his boss. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> but they said they'd been investigating it. For years before that as yeah. well, like it took him a couple of years to set up a few mining rigs. So basically, he was saying that to try and I think dissuade the mainstream from thinking they were jumping on the cryptocurrency yeah. uh, hype. He's basically been saying we've been looking at this for ages. We've taken our time. We've set up the infrastructure for it. Now we're all out. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But I would never say that Fidelity would do anything like that. 
No. They wouldn't. No, I doubt they'd lie, mate. <laughs> These big shots never lie. No, you know, rich guys, they don't get where they are by being dishonest, boobler. Tell you that for nothing. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> big facts. Big facts is where we're going to end the news this week. Unless I get interrupted by the Geordie Prince with their Geordie Prince corner. No. All yours, mate. All yours. We're free. We're free to finish the news and bring on the next segment of the show. It's Beaks Market Watch. But first up, we've got Boobley's Market Watch. Yes. <laughs> Which coin are you looking at? It's not something to do with Dope Roads, is it? It's not at all. Okay. No. Uh, the underlying currency for Dope Raiders, ah, okay. <laughs> however, uh, POA has had a minor pump uh, in this bear market. Uh, the last time I looked, it was up something like 30%. It was uh, leading the charge on Binance. What are, they, like to, uh, what are the reasons for this pump? There's a conference going on in uh, Minsk, crypto gaming conference. Two days. The opening act was a combo of the one of the POA network guys and one of the dope raider guys doing a live demo, heavily pumping the coke market on <laughs> and also the weed market on dope raiders this morning. That you did uh, very well out of that bublé. Uh, I was. I've been. Uh, Running the narcos today, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Running the, 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 the squad on the block. <laughs> squad on the block, I yeah. Like um, on the chat quite a lot with uh, Crypto Block Dan. Yeah. Working from home. Hold tight. Oh, very well played. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's been a pretty good day for uh, P or a couple of days for POA. So, um, before we move on to Beaks, uh, pick of the week. I would like to do a small presentation of uh, the winning, the winning, oh, <laughs> uh, the, the prize for winning Dope Raider, which was, uh, as promised, <laughs> the uh, the personalised bottle of <laughs> beer. Crypto Weekly back. Heineken. Yeah. Congrats, Moolo. Yeah. Well deserved. Hold yeah. <laughs> tight, big crypto block down for putting all that together. Yeah. For the benefit of the tape. Mr. Bublé has just been handed a bottle of Heineken that says Crypto Weekly on the front of it. <laughs> one of, one of a wild. kind. Yeah. So Bat is finally killing it. All the normies and the gremlins have finally caught onto the Coinbase rumour like three or four weeks after us. So it's pumped hard as a motherfucker in like the last two or three days. Killing it. Binance burned the tokens. Then he burned 1.7 million due to a tough quarter. So the price didn't really pump that much. It's up like, over the four weeks we've held it, we've only made, only made about 5% or so. We're gonna keep hold of half our tokens in bat. We're not selling it. We're gonna hold out and hope for the mega pump if it goes on Coinbase. You would think it'd be the next on Coinbase. They've got ZRX on there. They've obviously got the infrastructure for an ERC20 token to be on there. Bat should hopefully be next. Uh, ZRX has doubled since it's gone on Coinbase. BAT is a much smaller market cap, so we'd hope to see it at least double and potentially a little bit more, although it's up like 30% just on rumours last couple of days. So I don't know whether that'll play into that 100% uh, rise that we saw in ZRX, but yeah, should pump pretty hard. Whether it will go on soon or not, we don't know, because are they likely to put on a coin right after, you know, in, in short uh, succession after ZRX? Don't know. Who knows what they're doing now, mate? Who knows? But we do know, one thing we do know is that they can handle the RC20 tokens, because ZRX is on there. We also know that all the Coinbase employees have started following all of the BAT social media stuff in the last... Probably since I brought up that rumour, that came about because they all started following Bat on Twitter and stuff. Bat are speaking, the main man is speaking at a couple of conferences, including some big ETH conference in the next couple of weeks. So whether it'll be announced then, that's what some people are speculating. I'm not too sure on this, but I do think that Bat could well continue to pump. And when it goes on Coinbase, it should pump at least as hard as ZRX. But with the other half, of the uh, the money we've got allocated to keep it half in bat and to put the other half back into Ethereum. 
Interesting move. I think Ethereum is still hugely undervalued. The market seems to be, the sentiment seems to be turning uh, more bullish. As we spoke about earlier, even with the Tether disaster, that seemed to actually pump crypto. The FUD from what's-his-face, Rubini, like just fudding crypto in front of the Senate didn't seem to have any negative effect on the price. We're seeing Fidelity come in, back to supposed to be launched in the next few months. Crypto as a whole seems like it's turning bullish, and with ETH more undervalued than just about any other major token, I think ETH will be a good hold for the for the near term. So we're going for ETH and BAT this week. Note it down, Prince. Noted. Are you quite done with your market watch, Beak? Uh, yeah, yep, yep. It was a real pleasure. Are you, are you quite done providing rubbish picks that are going to lose out to the Kendex? <laughs> Woo, lad. Yeah. If, if any there's a coin we could agree on, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. Hopefully, this most recent edition will help. It's time for Ken's Coin of the Week. Back for a limited time. Ken's Coin of the Week with another huge shout this week everybody's least favorite segment fuck you mr b <laughs> we're gonna take a look at dav this week oh good sensible pick distributed autonomous vehicles nice. network because we've got drones in the sky we've got boats that drive themselves we've got a myriad of autonomous vehicles and they need a blockchain with which to communicate with one another okay you're talking a lot of sense, Ken. Thank you, Mr. Beak. So, they've already run an ICO. Dav raised $28 million at ICO. Bargain. Absolute. They sold their ICO at a price of $0.07 cents per Dav. And this not including the Dav they gave away as bonuses, the pre-sale, what have you. Public sale, $0.07 cents per Dav. Current price? $0.03. Cents. Close, P-Money. $0.04. Cents. Oof. Four cents now that is a bargain. So you can pick, before we go onto the shill, you can pick more dab up at lower than the ICO price. Lower than the morons purchasing at ICO. <laughs> who it's all about timing, isn't it, Ken? Precisely. <laughs> so, I want to pull out a little quote before we get into what dab is. This from the dab white paper. Before you decide whether you want to buy it or not, in order to meet the requ- this is fr- straight from the white paper. In order to meet the requirements of the Swiss regulator regarding anti-money laundering regulations, the DAV Foundation may be required to make modifications to the DAV network, including, without limitation, the DAV network's functions, and to postpone the availability of all or part of the functions of the DAV network. Hey, you've got to do what you got to do, Ken. There's <laughs> no, no problem there so far. <laughs> you've got to do what you got to do to meet Swiss regulations. That doesn't sound decentralised to me. Hey, come on, P-Money, enough <laughs> with the FUD. Enough over there, Rubini, keep it down. <laughs> right, if you want to meet Swiss regulation, mate, you can't be having things like decentralisation and removing the power to limit the actual functions of what yeah, you're selling. You what is the DAV network? Now that we're properly informed <laughs> as to the nature of the sale, what is it? Oh, it, does, it could be anything because they can change it at any point. Well, what yes. is it right now? Right now, at this current <laughs> moment, the DAV network allows autonomous vehicles to discover one another, communicate together, and provide trustless cooperation between humans and autonomous vehicles. Wow, it's, all, it's up and running and working. It is already up and running. You can write smart contracts. You can talk to autonomous vehicles. You can, you ha- can already talk to autonomous vehicles. You can have them And the price bidding. is only four cents token. <laughs> Correct. Oh, gee, that, <laughs> hey, mm. let's talk about space, baby. No, not yet. We will talk about space, though, interestingly. The big there's a lot about this coin. I wonder why. <laughs> I research coins thoroughly. Yeah. So if you ever dreamed of having an autonomous boat take a selfie with you when commanded... This is your lucky day. <laughs> so Dav want to, they've got they've got a small network already, but they want to create a network similar to the internet for autonomous vehicles. So they talk about a lot in the white paper. That sounds bloody great, Ken. So you can create smart contracts for these autonomous vehicles to perform tasks for you, which is pretty cool because we, there was no possible way of doing that in a centralized manner before. 
and a decentralized way is going to mean we can share all these things. How how would the car track any changes in the road though? You don't need a blockchain decentralized blockchain network. Here is where Dav comes, friend. Here is where Dav comes in. Thank you for bringing that up, Mr. Beak. Say, for instance, there's some roadworks. What's going to happen is that Uber is going to go. Does not compute roadworks. Roadworks not in log. And it's going to transmit through a decentralized network, so we know it's trustless, so we know that no one's tampering with it. And so firms can share the data that otherwise they would have to each collect on their own. Precisely. Why would but someone fuck with your commute, though? But it's actually Some not for the dr- reason that can said. So that firms can share <laughs> data. So that, for instance, if Uber want to go into Japan and some Japanese car manufacturer has already mapped out the roads... They can get the data there, and vice versa. That you can that map the, all the, you can keep all the globes, all all the roads all over the globe up to date, and manufacturers and companies can share that data with each other to reduce the cost of doing so. Precisely. Um, what well, is there any areas of of the universe that aren't mapped that well yet? <laughs> Space. Space. <laughs> could we do anything with that? <laughs> Which could be why there are two. Two astronauts on the team of advisors. They, they probably just worked death. some lame astronaut, you know, group that no one's ever heard of. Yeah, no, no, no it's not like it was NASA or anything. Whoa! Two bona fide NASA astronauts who have done trips to the International Space Station and everything. They've been in space. Blimey. And they're shilling, Dav. What can possibly go wrong? No, they, they probably don't have a decent technical advisor that knows anything about Ethereum, do they? I bet he doesn't know anything about the Ethereum virtual machine. Is that right? That must be the weakness. This is an ERC-20 token. So you need, you, you need someone who has a solid understanding of Ethereum. who's got half an idea of what's happening with Ethereum. No, they can't, they can't have that as well as two astronauts. So they only bloody got Gandalf, didn't they? Doctor... <laughs> Greg Colvin is there. They didn't. They didn't really get Greg, did they? One of the creators of the Ethereum virtual machine is advising this project. Astronauts, Dr. Greg Colvin, an Indian man. Small boats, <laughs> selfies, <laughs> Uber, space. When are we getting on to Ken's Coin of the Week? <laughs> this is bloody great. Yeah, this it? is too good for Ken's there Coin of no the Week. There's no masturbating or porn or like webcams. There's no. Yeah. What are you going to do while you're driving around in a car you don't need to drive? One off the wrist, P Money. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, fair enough. Yeah, Daph, easiest money you'll ever make. Hashtag not financial advice. I would implore everyone to head over to the Dav.network. If you want to purchase it, you can head to BitForex. Hit Bitcoin, Bilaxy, or Idex. You can message me personally, oh. and I'll dump my back right on you, buddy. <laughs> the sky's the limit, baby. What is it, though? <laughs> <laughs> or is it the upper atmosphere in space? We just do not know. I think that has got to bring Ken Schill <laughs> to an end. You know, Hashtag buy my back. That was the best <laughs> Ken's Coin of the Week of all time. Great work. That brings Ken's Coin of the Week to the end, though. And it's time for the final part of the show. It's the Patreon giveaway. So, are we going to talk to the robot this week or not? Fuck if I know, mate. Is the robot around? The robot is around. Oh, let's see what he's got to say then. It's late. Ken's coin went on too long. <laughs> the line's finished. Tether is fucked and... Rubini is a knobhead, so I can't be fucked with all the spiel today, lads. <laughs> also, Boobs has got to go pack so he can get his surf on tomorrow. <laughs> This week's draw is sponsored by our horse, Divies. The time is the time. The date, the date, whatever. (laughs) Fuck's sake. Our contestants this week are the same as last week. Come on, you scumbags. Man's got to get paid. Contestants, are you ready? You know the drill. Da-da-da-dagger. And all that jazz. (laughs) Ken. Do the honours and give Cap 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 Capzilla a t-shirt, will you? <laughs> again? Again? No, 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 it's three captain. t-shirts. People, th- this that was a great, great robot. This that was great. <laughs> yeah. I think there's been like, about three people that have actually won from this. Yeah, well, the rest, yeah. fuck them. We're not doing that anymore. Capzilla, what what should we give away? T-shirt. Maybe nothing. 
Well, we'll decide something it's by next week. It's time to mint our own cryptocurrency. I think give, so. Give one I think hold token tight away. tokens. Yeah, hold tight tokens. Give well, one away. Every week. every week we have gifted like a million hold tight tokens to someone cool. We'll make, we're making a hold tight millionaire each week here on Crypto <laughs> Weekly. There we go. I make a lot of them though because I want to be giving out hold tight tokens to people I just... We'll make like a hundred billion. hold tight. Yeah. Make a hundred billion. We'll make a trill. Make a, tri- a trillion more. Keeping yeah. it trill. I like it. And then we can claim crypto's market cap is already in the trillions. <laughs> there we go. Hold tight tokens and hold loose tokens going to be minted for next week. I'll buy one off. <laughs> I'll buy one off you for a quid. Well, there we go. There we'll you get- go. Trillion dollar market cap yeah. right there. We'll get any of them on exchanges. <laughs> can we name them tokens? something other than what would be something better than hold tight tokens? Hold loose tokens. So if we want to really Up your ass tokens. <laughs> Because we can just send these to whoever we find the address for, really. So if we find, like, CryptoShillNai's Ethereum address, we can just send him, like, a trillion twat tokens or something. Yeah. That's it's, big. Like, it's like a rating system. Yeah. Then anyone can query their thing and be like, oh, how many... I'm not, I'm not really sure about this guy. Got? How many whole tight tokens does he have? Twat tokens or Nanshanks. Nanshanks. <laughs> I, I think Monk. Nice. I mean, just, you can check him out. Crypto Weekly have given him 73 mongs. You'll know not to deal with him. Yeah, 100%. I love it. Uh, and with that, we're going to bring this episode to a close. A, a corker, if I do say so myself. P Money on the sound, going to make it sound absolutely gorgeous. Um, you can catch me on Twitter at Dr. P Money. And a great, a great Twitter it is, Mr. Jordy Prince. Hello. If you don't know, you can follow me on twitter.com at hrhgeordiep. That's at h-r-h-g-e-o-r-d-i-e-p. Many thanks. Fine spelling. The best spelling in the north of England. (laughs) Bitcoin Buble. Thank you very much. It's at Bitcoin underscore Buble on Twitter. Mr. CryptoBeak. Hello. If you don't know, you can find me on Twitter at Crypto underscore Beak. That's at C-R-Y-P-T-O underscore B-E-A-K. Many thanks. Just showing off now, aren't you? <laughs> Second best speller in the north. Second best speller in the north. <laughs> Mr. Young Law. Are there any social medias in which one can be found? Uh, I'm Twitterless. You on Beatcord? I am. At yeah. Young Law on Beatcord. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right, anyone who signs up for $50 patron can get in Beatcord now. He's decided. The Beak Father hath decided. I've been your host, Crypto Ken. At Crypto Ken Can on Twitter. Be sure to follow me. If you enjoy the show, head on over to patreon.com slash crypto weekly. Every little helps. Thank you very much. It supports the show. You've been informed. This has been Crypto Weekly. You're welcome. (laughs) 